Welcome to the Nate and Doran podcast. We are professional videographers based in Vancouver, Canada, and we're here to talk about relevant topics within the video and media industry. I'm Nate and I run Nate Dixon Media. And I am Doran the videographer, freelance entrepreneur offering video production services. And today we have a special guest, Victor Dinka, marketing coordinator uh, at a tour operator and aspiring entrepreneur in the process of starting his own business. Together, we are going to explore today how to get your services noticed by clients. But before we get into our main topic, uh, Victor, please introduce yourself. Give us uh, background knowledge on um, uh, how you uh, got into uh, marketing, um, how we know each other, although we've mentioned it briefly too. Uh, give us your, uh, <laughs> your angle. And can you please explain what is a tour operator? Because I don't know. <laughs> Thanks, Doran. I'm really happy to be here. And uh, thank you again for inviting me on your show. Um, so basically, I met, well, Nate, I met at in the new media program at BCIT. And Doran, I mean, we're related, so we're cousins. Yeah, I've known <laughs> so him ever since I came to Canada. <laughs> but... Um, well, I've worked with both of you guys um, for a nonprofit, and yeah, basically the new media programming that all three of us have done uh, different years. But me and uh, well, you and Nate, Nate did we the were, same year. I yeah, did the year before did, that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, me and Nate did a couple of projects together too for the new media class. But yeah, that's how it all started. Uh, yeah, we, we reviewed like, one of them in episode two. So check out episode two to see our <laughs> blast. From definitely the past. Should. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just a bit of background info for me. So I did the new media program at BCIT. And then <clears throat> a couple of years after I did the marketing management program as well. And then basically, what I've done in video is work for two years uh, as a videographer. And then I worked uh, one year as a graphic designer. And then after that, I went back to school to do the marketing program at BCIT. And uh, just because I really wanted to get into marketing. And at the same time, I didn't want to like kind of go away from what I learned in video and graphic design. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to put that business aspect and like video and graphic design aspect together. So that's why I went into marketing and then right after I finished the program at BCIT, I did my internship or practicum, as you may call it, uh, with the current company I'm with right now. And I just uh, stayed on. They hired me after, and I've been working there for over three and a half years. Nice. So, yeah, they're a tour operator. So kind of that's like the question, like, what is a tour operator? So we're not a travel agency. We work with uh, travel agencies, but we're basically, we contract a, a bunch of different products. Like if you look at uh, different experiences in uh, Canada and then Alaska, and then now also in uh, South Pacific, but we contract with a bunch of other tour, like can't say operators, but like tour guides and all that, like, uh, that uh, we do and we provide experiences and we tailor them. So if a client is looking for a certain uh, experience with like a bunch of different trips in different provinces, we put that together, we make create an itinerary for them, customized okay. on their tastes and their time 
that they have available. So that so, is what a tour operator is. Okay. So it's kind of like an event planner, but for a trip or a vacation. Yeah, exactly. So we bundle, like, we also bundle uh, a bunch of experiences together and we try to make it happen as long as it, it is realistic. Like, mm -hmm. um, and obviously the route is able, like you have a naval route, right? So that can be done in the amount of days you have available, but yeah, hmm. much it. All right, awesome. Cool, cool. Uh, so let's get to the main topic, uh, Victor, which is kind of in your wheelhouse. We want mm -hmm. to talk about, uh, like the title says, marketing, online presence um, as a videographer, and then just in general. So we want to we want to ask you some questions about uh, brand or business identity, um, your portfolio, your work samples, how important that is, um, and just general advertising tips, tricks, um, pitfalls. Uh, you know, Dort and I, um, yeah, we're we're here to learn. We we can mm -hmm. share our experiences and what we've encountered, but we want to learn from uh, Victor Dinka, the guru. <laughs> I don't know if I wouldn't say guru. I mean, I'm not, I'm no Gary V, but you know, <laughs> oh, compared to us, infinitely more knowledgeable on this topic. <laughs> and actually I wanted to ask, um, cause in the introduction, um, it says you're a uh, aspiring entrepreneur in the process of starting your own business. Can you briefly touch on that? So basically what that means is I want to start my own marketing agency. So providing marketing services, um, and, Basically, it would be called Victor D Media, but mm -hmm. yeah, I am in the process of starting my own business slowly. I am still working at my full-time job, but um, yeah, that's something that I am aspiring to to strive for in this year. So basically, we're gonna have kind of three perspectives uh, on the mm -hmm. show today. Uh, what would you recommend for a videographer? What our experience has been? Um, actually, four visions. What your company is currently doing? uh and what you would do for when you're starting your business we got uh lots to cover i'm confused already <laughs> <laughs> so you can rewatch the podcast and <laughs> figure it out multiple timelines it's like tenet or something here well hey Multiverses. yeah marvel universe um so uh yeah nate what, what would be the first talking point you'd want to go with well, Victor, I want you to tell us about brand identity. Um, so maybe, you know, what goes into a name? What's your logo? Why don't you take us through the journey of um, the the bullet points of what you think of when you think brand identity for a potential client of yours? I think that's a great way to start. Uh, I mean, I think for a, just like uh, establish your brand identity, I think that should be like the first kind of step for a business. Uh, definitely name and logo are, are important uh, as like brand identity. It helps you to differentiate your business from like your competition and to kind of like just put your position, your, your brand, how you want it to. And, and like in the market, it's, it's really important to develop like a professional and creative identity, something that's more unique compared to what's out there already. And, to do that, like you need to establish like something that grabs people's attention. So at the same time, don't go too 
like crazy off the rails with uh, how your branding is, but something that's like appropriate to like what your consumer, what you want to sell. Like you have to see exactly what your business or like company values are and try to incorporate that in your brand. You want to build something that brings loyalty and trust with your clients or users something that separates you from your competition you don't want to copy your competition in terms of branding definitely not because people can just be like oh isn't that like uh, maybe a knockoff of that guy or of that company so you don't want to be that guy so um, so like an example of that would be if if you know somebody's called vancouver wedding films <laughs> don't just copy that and be like um uh, british columbia wedding films because that's very generic is that kind of what you mean yeah, I mean, or, or I how, guess... how about how about you uh, take us a little bit through the decision process that you came up with your business name? So why did you choose Victor D Media? What was the thought process in in well, creating that brand identity? Okay, it's well, it's it's more it's personal. I mean, uh, well, personable. Sorry, not personal because it sounds like something that I can't talk about that deeply affected me or something. But my business is my business. I, I can't talk to you, but okay, no. But uh, it's something that you know it relates to me. It uh, because I am thinking of starting it as just myself, uh, as me being the only person that is part of, uh, is through the company. Uh, has a nice ring to it. And to be honest, I mean, I was inspired of the name of watching Gary V. Like his company is Gary V Media. I mean, I don't know if you've uh, heard of uh, Gary V, but I, I listen to a lot of his podcasts, and uh, he's 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 a great marketing guru to like follow on uh, like LinkedIn or YouTube, Facebook. Definitely recommend. But uh, that that's kind of it. It got me inspired and i i wanted to have like my name in, in the branding mm. uh, at the same time i was thinking when i was making that like there could be negatives to that i mean if eventually i'm if i want to create like maybe a bigger business it could you know maybe somebody doesn't want to work for a, a company that has like someone's name in it or you know you never know but um that's like something that i i like like the name just having my name in it and it had a nice ring to it so that's what i went with it but mm -hmm. in terms of uh branding i mean especially for for like a, a videographer like for logo design kind of just kind of the the general rules for for like logo design doesn't matter what business you're in but kind of finding that like the typography you want for that like the the font you want the style you want not to make it too complex like not to have too many elements in the logo something that's like clean and that's easily like readable because also you're thinking about different like sizes like for social media maybe like for instagram you know the icons are smaller for your like your profile image you have something that you need a logo that's visible like at, at any type of size and if you're thinking of doing something for print or it should be really visible and uh, identifiable so that's i think it's important for a logo to have that and also this is something we learned in the new media class i don't know if you guys remember but to not have a gradient in the logo <laughs> i do remember that <laughs> so I know gradients are cool and some people are like, oh, gradients are so cool. They look so cool. But no, it's a big no-no for logos. I would not 
recommend having a gradient for logo. Um, definitely not. But yeah, I think once you have your, your brand identity and basically along with your values and what you, you want to target, because it's basically like if you want to target more professionals, like businesses, then you got to have a logo that's like clean and like professional and to cater to that. If you have something that's really wacky, like you have like some crazy font, like schoolboy, you know, like that kind of font that's like maybe you're targeting like maybe that's cool for like really young or like kids if you're targeting that, but it wouldn't work for a more professional like business if you're thinking like corporate videos or something like that. I don't know if they would take you seriously with uh, something wacky like that, but yeah, something classy, you know, keep it simple. So, you know, kiss. <laughs> that we but, so basically um, all of these aspects are important and people should consider them like yeah. your font style, your, um, even your logo shape and its compatibility with social media. All of these things will eventually be a factor in your, how your online presence is perceived. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be too complex. Like your logo basically is kind of in a way you're the face of your company too, because it's always in front. You're putting that image in front of your uh, users in front, in front of your potential clients. Right. So you want to make your business memorable through your logo. I mean, you look at brands like McDonald's, Apple, Nike, like Apple and Nike that, they're simplistic logos. If you look at it, it's like a swoosh, right? It's black um, or whatever, white, but in different colors. But it's so simple, right? Yet it's so iconic and so memorable. So that's why something, uh, even now, it could be with like font, you don't have to put like images or that. Even working with font, you can manipulate a really nice logo like that. So that's mm -hmm. memorable. But I think that's important. And doing a lot of research, I mean, you look in the industry you're doing like business in seeing what competitors are doing and just uh, kind of, you know, just so you're unique from them. And uh, also as well as you're portraying your business values too. like, you're not right. Like doing a, a logo that basically you don't like believe in, or it doesn't like follow your beliefs or I like your sorry, like professional beliefs. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so okay. so this is, should be something kind of from the get go. Yeah, right? for it, sure. It's awkward to reach out to a client and do it in your uh, like legal uh, name and not a business name and not have a logo because yeah, that that's already setting off a different impression. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of people that encourage freelancers or entrepreneurs like, oh, just start it and you'll pick it up as you go. But it's like okay, but you'll have some regrets of like, why did nobody tell me that? Or why didn't I think of looking for tips and tricks at the beginning? I feel like we're all kind of in agreement that this is stuff that you should think about at the beginning. Exactly. Yeah, you should. Like when you start a business, you definitely need to have your brand identity because if you don't have an identity, then you can't go. It's like in real life, right? If you don't have an ID, you can't really do stuff. Because uh, nobody knows who you are, right? Yeah. People gotta know who can't you buy are. Can't buy a car. <laughs> can't cross the border. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Before you go into business with somebody, they gotta know who you are, and the logo is like a great place or a great way to like 
uh, put that image in their head, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like it's a pro- it's a whole process to like design your logo. Like basically, like kind of like step one is like constructing a, like a creative design and maybe like a brief around your company and like your company message and basically start off with that and then try to incorporate that in a logo design. And like I said, like research your competitors and also your target audience. Like, what do you want to target? Do you want to target professionals? Then you know mm-hmm. kind of like what type of uh, logo and like design you need uh, to do that. And then obviously it's like sketching. I mean, not all of us are good at drawing and stuff, mm-hmm. but yep. at least maybe <laughs> illustrator. I know I'm not like illustrator. I, I can do that, like, but not like drawing. But uh, definitely. And then having various concepts. I mean, I always, uh, when, even when I do work at, uh, at my company and we got to do like design work or something like that, I always do like a bunch of different concepts and give them a bunch of uh, concepts to look at. So I think you can do that for yourself too. You look at different concepts and who knows, maybe you want to blend one of the, uh, like a few elements in one concept with another from another one and then just to uh, make one. So mm-hmm. I think uh that's important and yeah to develop a brand style guide i mean this is like basic stuff that we learn in new media having kind of like the color codes you know seeing what colors we want in our logo having putting the codes out it it helps a lot i know even in our our company i created a style guide for the logos we use and all the branding we use because it's important like we use our branding in so many things and as a business you use your branding on everything that's marketing based like through like email marketing whatever any ads you put out there uh to create them you you're gonna need to know the exact colors you don't want to have some ads or some marketing that has slightly different colors in your branding than from other ones if like the the logo or is the same so just to like narrow that down and just play around with it it's a lot of like just playing around and experimenting but uh, once you get it established, then you can just really move forward and uh, kind of put that out, put it out there. Mm-hmm. And um, that logo and those colors would be heavily featured on any sort of portfolio or website, any like digital storefront or whatever to showcase your work. Um, why don't you talk to us more about um, having a demo reel for as videographers mm-hmm. or having, you know, completed projects to have like on, on show, like on the webs, on the internet, I guess. Right. Yeah, for sure. You, you have, you have like your brand identity and you reach out to the client. So how do you hook them? So I think both demo reels and completed projects are important. And the way I see it is, like in business, you have that elevator pitch, which is two minutes to sell a client on whatever product or service. Through a demo reel, I see that as a, a visual elevator pitch. Like you would, but your top projects or your top work in there, in that video reel, make a maybe one or two minute reel that showcases what projects you've done that you're really proud about, that have basically the ones that will uh, kind of sell the client on. So I think it's important to have a demo reel. Uh, maybe some people are say like whatever that they're outdated, but I think they're they're really important, especially if 
maybe clients don't have a lot of time for you to, to sell them on something. So like I said, like a one or two minute thing and that could really get them hooked. Uh, obviously completed projects are really good. I mean, definitely to, to showcase your clients what you've worked on and what you've done on in the past is, is really good to, to, to show and to have that on your website as well. I mean, if a client, you know, is thinking about doing services or like video services or media services, whatever is needed or whatever they want, they want to go through your pro uh, like your portfolio and see like, mm. okay, this and weddings. Okay. You know, if they're looking for a wedding uh, videographer or photographer, they can see like what you've done for that and all of your experience in that. I think that's really important to, to showcase that. Uh, Got a quick question there, Victor. Do you think it's more beneficial to have that all in one place and say, I do weddings, I do dance recitals, whatever? Or do you think it's better to have like mini sites that are like kind of a vertical slice of here's my wedding website mm -hmm. and then your dance recital website or whatever so that when you're sending, when you're reaching out to these clients, it feels more personalized for them instead of like, here's my, cause there's probably pros and cons to both. Do you want to speak to that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's like a necessity to have a website. So especially for online presence um, and like SEO work that well, we'll touch on uh, later in this episode, but Definitely, you want to have a website because that builds your online presence. Uh, I, I can see like portfolio and that would be really well uh, good to send to clients. Like if a client's looking for weddings, right? Like a wedding or you send him like a, you're just your wedding portfolio. And I think that's really good. But I think you you should have a website. Like it's it's a must. Uh, it's really important to, to have a website for portfolio. I think it's important to have that too, but uh, I think like if you have all your work on your website and you just link the person to your website and to like the page that they're interested in like weddings, I think you could just have it like that too. And you don't need to really have a portfolio, but I think like a portfolio, especially like offline portfolio are good. If you're meeting with a client face to face, Perhaps you just show them like the portfolio, maybe on like an iPad or laptop or something just really quickly. It's like, it's something you could send to them really quickly and they can access like on their mobile device, on their tablet, like in the world that we live in now with like technology, you know, it's not necessarily you're just sitting at home on a desktop and looking at somebody's work, right? You want to have it on the go and everywhere. So I think both are good to have, but I would say website is the most important and it's like a must for anybody that wants to have an online presence, definitely. And definitely for like the video like industry, I, I couldn't agree more that you need one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can say from my experience, um, I've had clients ask me for either or. Um, so some clients will say, um, do you have a demo reel? Um, because they're just interested in the overall quality that I have to offer. But some clients, including uh, at a meeting today, actually, and they looked at my website, we had a Zoom call and we were discussing what services I offer. 
Uh, they looked at my website and they said, oh, so this is the stuff you do. This is the video banner. This is your highlight. Yeah. Um, but that shows the the really cinematic and really dynamic, really flashy stuff. But they were interested in just in corporate talking head videos. So they ended up asking me, like, could you send us completed projects with interviews so we can <laughs> hear audio quality? Because the, you know, the video banner doesn't have that or it would have music. Um or, you know, my video banner doesn't display, for example, um, text or animation or graphics, because that's not my mm. forte. Um, and those are like basic. You wouldn't include that in a uh, in your best demo reel. But uh, I had a client that's like, can you do this stuff? Show me a finished project. Um, so I kind of think, like you said, you should have an offline portfolio to showcase both. Um It'll just increase your chances of yeah. convincing the client, like, oh, you don't want to see my my everything I do? You want to see specifically this? Okay, I have this for you. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's kind of a reason why a year ago I uh, went from having everything on my front page and a demo reel with everything to segmenting stuff. Because uh, I realized, like, the wedding person, they're not going to sit through my whole two-minute demo reel until it gets to the wedding part at at 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, starting off my business at the beginning, my I didn't have an online presence. I had a, my website for a long time, but I didn't populate mm-hmm. it to make it uh, like brand identity. Yeah. And after two years, I finally my website finally got to the point where I was getting clients reaching out to me through my website. Up until then, I had to like search for them and network and communicate and uh, apply for gigs, uh, Craigslist or whatever. Um, so from my own personal experience, I can agree with everything you're saying. Like it makes sense logically and I've seen it work. Definitely. Um, yeah. Nate, how's, how's your website okay. experience been? Um, yeah, I've kind of revamped my website in December, and right now it's kind of all in one. Um, the pro that I like is I, I can show like the big list of all the clients that I've worked with, and mm-hmm. I feel that show that builds more trust when they can see, oh, they've worked with all these companies. Maybe maybe they've heard of some of them. Um, but the downside is it becomes more generic, and if mm-hmm. I'm just trying to target a certain niche um like smbs or schools Mm -hmm. then i'm thinking of creating mini sites that just show the work related to that so i can send them that link they see that i'm a specialist in that niche Mm. and they're like oh this is this guy's bread and butter this is his wheelhouse i want to hire this guy because this is like what he focuses on he's not they're not thinking oh this guy does uh weddings and uh, you know, funerals and all this other stuff, like a, a jack of all trades isn't necessarily what a company might be looking for. They mm-hmm. want to be like, have you done what I'm looking for already? Show me an example of what you've done that, you know, you can repeat with me with mm-hmm. the better results. Right. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at right now is figuring out, what different niches I'd want to target with different parts of my website or just build entirely different websites. 
um, at a, a company I worked for for a couple of years in the marketing department. Um, the website social media guy there, he would build these micro sites and they were all targeted towards specifically towards the locations that he was advertising in. So for example, it'd be like Vancouver's best And that would be the landing site for all of his advertising in Vancouver mm -hmm. or in Portland. It would be like Oregon's best roof.com. So all the advertising from that would go to that site. So people would feel, oh, this is like a local connection. They wouldn't just see like North America's best roof. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, if they're searching like roof near me or something like that, seeing that URL and everything mm -hmm. like the address is that area. I think that built a lot of trust and it helped him get a lot of leads that way instead of doing the whole catch all you know, we've, we've roofed everywhere in America. It was like, <laughs> we do roofs in Vancouver and here's somebody giving a testimonial from Vancouver. Oh, interesting. And I thought that was pretty, pretty effective or it worked for that, for that target market. And I was like, Oh, that's really fascinating. I never would have thought of that. So basically it was a bunch of different websites for the same thing, but like, also under like like different brands, but uh, for different uh, locations. That's how, how it was. Yeah, it was all like geographically mm -hmm. tailored. So, and you know, the call now would be like a sales rep from that area. It's mm -hmm. not like call our, our 1-800 number. It's like, here's our local phone number. Here's our local office. And it was all kind of targeted that way. That kind of sounds more for an established business with kind of branches and employees <laughs> more than like you wouldn't do that as a solo entrepreneur would you Nate no because I'm kind of just lower mainland but mm -hmm. I could see applying that and not necessarily based on the geographic location but based on the specific services you do so Doran if you're like trying to build up your live stream services have just a website for you know live streaming this is my mm -hmm. setup these are the live streams I've done and then you can have that link that you can send to those clients who you know are interested in just live streaming. So by that, you don't mean a separate page on my website that's just that. You mean like something that they can't click off of it. It's its own live stream thing. And there's no, oh, I also do weddings. Oh, I also do this. Because that's kind of my current setup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would be completely separate so that mm. they're distracted by oh this guy does weddings too or oh this guy he you're not trying to portray yourself as a jack of all mm -hmm. trades you're trying to right. say you know this is my specialty i don't know you maybe you do dornlivestreaming.ca or whatever but um having it all mm -hmm. kind of in separate silos instead of one giant umbrella like a bit of uh time and uh, money commitment to get all those domains and everything its own little thing Oh, it's 10 bucks a, a year for a domain. You can still host it all into the same spot and just copy paste mm. the, the basics of the site, like the, 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 the bones of it, so to speak. Um, so that's, that's something I've been researching. I'm not too IT savvy on that stuff. So that's, I'm like, oh, oh, that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm intimidated by it. That kind of approach, Victor. Uh, that's, I don't know. I see a lot of pros and cons. I mean, just even our business, we have, bunch of websites we even have two websites that basically offer the same 
experience is just different. And basically the, the point around that was to kind of target the same, the same dev, demographic that we want to target, the same market is just keywords. And the way that, that I think about this, I mean, like, sure, it helps because you can narrow for if you have a bunch of like different websites for the same product, but like, uh, like the example you gave in there for different locations, you can target that specific location. So for that, you do like all the SEO, the keywords, all the ads for that one location. And that definitely can bring a lot, uh, like a lot of results and a lot of traffic to your website and a lot of bytes doing it that way. Cause you'll basically be putting your, sorry, all your like money for marketing, just targeting that one region instead of targeting multiple cities like Vancouver, Oregon, uh, or like Portland, and then what are Seattle and other cities. So I think maybe doing it that way um, has more bang for your buck and generates more, but like it's because the thing is, I mean, if you, if you have the money to, to be able to afford to, promote multiple sites then do it but to have all of your stuff in one website and basically just have multiple keywords like if you're offering multiple services on your website instead of having a, a website for each service basically you optimize your website to rank for all of your services like keywords and you have a bunch more keywords i think that could help a lot too at least in the ranking wise but I can see how having based on location could really help. And especially if you're a user in, in the Portland area, your website for, if it's like a <clears throat> Portland based company, it's going to rank higher than somebody that's ranked in Vancouver, Canada, and they're offering services in Portland. Right. So yeah, I can, I can see that approach working really well. Uh, I haven't had experiences with that yet, but uh, just from having multiple sites and especially that are similar, um, I think in that way, I think it, it could work out well. But I think also just having one website that offers all your services, especially, well, yeah, if it, especially if you're just looking at one area, I think, I think it, it's uh, better to do that than to have multiple websites offering the same service or different services, but targeting the same area. Um, I would just target, you know, like you do it by page or like you, if you do a, ad, a Google ads campaign, you target, you do an ad campaign for one of like a wedding, your like wedding services and uh, do it like that instead of having a separate website. To, to so keep it that potentially could be keep it the same one website like Doran has with multiple pages, mm -hmm. but just run different ad campaigns targeting the different Exactly. Segments. I mean, we do that too for our business, like uh, experiences that we really want to push out and we really want to sell. We do that. We run an ad for that specific page with that page being a call to action. So, um, and that way you could also see if you offer many services or extremely like different pages, you can see which one performs better, which one gets more interest and that can help the kind of uh, 
seeing what you want to promote more or invest more, you know, in, in the future campaigns. There's also, there's also, sorry, I just wanted to interject and say there's also overdoing it. <laughs> so at yeah. least with, uh, like, I'm only familiar with Google ads, but with Google ads, if I would spam keywords to everything that's remotely related to my main, like, let's say live stream, live video, uh, live presentation, live, and just in, include as many variations of that, that's actually weakening my uh, performance because all of these are kind of conflicting and only one of them is a top performer. So how, like, Victor has helped me set up Google Ads for the, for the last five or six months, um, and I'm so glad I... Uh, asked you to help me with that and thank you so much for your help and it's made a tremendous um, difference but uh, can you quickly go over how do you figure out what the best keyword is Whew. so I mean see there's there's two different like aspects of that <clears throat> there's like the if you want through Google ads like that's paid advertising you got to be more specific and narrowed down your keyword search especially if you have a smaller budget I but do. if you want to if you're doing organic so basically this is not paid it's just like on your website you're optimizing your you could put in more keywords because you're not paying for those keywords right so i think i mean i've read various articles on this and i've done research on this because just from optimizing the websites for the company I work for. So it's a, a lot of the articles say that Google frowns upon keyword stuffing. So keyword stuffing is basically you just put a bunch of keywords in there, like thousands. Some could be related, some could be unrelated. Just you like think of keywords that are popular searched on your website. But we've <clears throat> we've seen like uh, I've done competitor research. Like we, the thing is we like we also use tools like um spyfu or moz tool i don't know if you've heard of these they're like seo tools that you pay obviously for these services and you get kind of a look you into the competitors seo so like on their website oh. and what we've noticed is that our competitors on their website they have thousands of keywords on like their home page for example so We've, we've played around with the idea of having more narrow down keywords like that really work with our brand. And because at the, at the same time, it's best to match the SEO keywords with your text that you have on your page and on your website. So if you have like, let's say for a company uh, doing like a travel company and you're selling like train vacations to the Rockies. You want to have keywords that rank uh, for that, for those experiences. It is also on your, this, like on your page, like the text, like if you have like, oh, uh, Rockies rail adventures or something like that, but, and you have that as a keyword, but you have that on your page because Google basically looks at the SEO keyword you have on your uh, like optimized for your page to see if it's on your page, on the text, in the like the SEO title and the meta description and also 
It's also for images. So if you have images on your website, you have a meta tag for that. And if you have the keyword in there too, that is another bonus. So checking all those helps. And now it's hard because if you're ranking for, I don't know, hundred keywords, chances are that you have all hundred of those keywords on your page. It's very like slim. So try to have as much keywords on your page as well. And then also rank. I mean, we've uh, had pages that we put like hundreds of keywords. We're just testing them out and seeing how that page will rank. And it's, it's a lot of just experimenting, like basically seeing what competitors are doing and just testing that out and uh, seeing what works. Like, I mean, with like SEO tools and you can get like free trials and I, I for strongly recommend if you're having a website to have SEO optimization, uh, have it some way. I don't know if you work with like a web developer or you're able to integrate that yourself, but to have SEO keywords for each of your page on your website, that's really important because that's how you will rank on Google without those keywords that limits your chance of ranking high on Google. So, yeah, that's kind of uh, the importance. And like, mm -hmm. sorry, to go back to your question with like the Google ads and what keywords you want to rank for and how you decide with that. Basically, it goes down with like research and kind of researching your competitors, see what keywords they're ranking for. And uh, obviously seeing what, what you your website uh, offers and if there's similarities with like what uh, they're uh, offering, obviously what you're offering, then it's because what it comes down to to Google ads, you, you bid for a certain keyword, like let's say it's Vancouver videographer, for example, right? Chances are your competitors are gonna try to outbid you for that keyword. So if you, even if you have the top bid, let's say it's like $1, chances are your competitor, if they have the budget, they're gonna keep outbidding and that's it's important for like google ads if you have like a really small budget just narrow your keywords and maybe have five mm -hmm. ones that you really want to go all out and you want to rank high to like bid so you're on first page for those keywords uh, but sorry with google ads you can target kind of like the location base so uh, I think it, it helps first to do this, um, like to optimize your site first, like organically with SEO, and then delve into actually paid advertising through Google. And then it's kind of like, uh, like I said, an experiment. You you do your research, you see what keywords you think will rank really well with web your website, and that have ranked really well with your competitor. You, you do that, you use that, you see how, what results you get. If you don't get the results you want, you know for next time to like include other keywords. But for us, like usually I make like a list, a huge list of like keywords that we should use. And I usually check like kind of like the ranking, what's done, what uh, the PPC is for that, like the pay-per-click, like what the value is. Um, and yeah, it's also with like, it, well, with a lot with your budget, but I think to narrow it down, if you have a, a tight budget to narrow it down more, it's a lot, instead of like also 
targeting a larger area. You don't want to do that on a smaller budget. You want to target maybe a couple locations that have like really brought you in business right. or that have so like yeah. for Vancouver, like specifically downtown will bring me more than uh, uh Chilliwack. <laughs> yeah. So then you, you think of like targeting downtown and like spending that budget, that most of that budget on downtown instead of Chilliwack. Right. So I think that's really important. And I think connected with SEO and just the, the monitor, you got to monitor daily. Like it's not, enough to like i mean i know it's hard especially if you're just one person and you're doing all of that and you're managing your marketing your seo and your whatever product you're working on but it's important because for google ads you're gonna probably there's there's high chances that you're gonna be in search results for something that's unrelated it happens <laughs> to the company i work for but mm. i'm in my google like the when we run a google ads campaign i'm in there daily looking at the, the search term that comes up for the day before. And I see if there's a word that's unrelated, I take it, I put in the negative uh, keyword list. So I don't rank for that going forward because that eats a lot of your money. Like yeah. <laughs> you could, you could rank for a, a keyword that's really irrelevant and it costs two bucks, right? Or maybe more, and maybe you rank five times for that keyword. If you don't pick it up right away and that it could eat, eat your budget and you're ranking for, you're like a video looking for wedding and who knows you're, looking for, I don't know, like clown videos or whatever you're ranking for. And you don't want to do that. Right. So uh, I think, I think it's mm. important to do that. And also once you have your SEO established and before you run a Google ads campaign, you should also set up your Google analytics. And that way it gives you insight to kind of how you're ranking, how your website's doing all the traffic that's coming in through organic. You see how much it's coming through organic or other channels, social media is in there. And uh, that way you can see the performance also of your, your paid ads, how they compare to your organic search. And also, yeah, I, I think uh, all of that are like elements in Google, like provides like Google Analytics is free. It's free to use. And I think you definitely, for anybody that has a website, they should incorporate that. And it's a really handy tool to do that. Um, to see like your performance, but yeah, mm -hmm. like SEO and just like keywords, it's not like a one time and I'm, I'm good. You're always gotta be, cause it's changing. And especially with like paid advertising, you're getting out bits. You gotta be that on there daily. Like I know Google ads has it set up now. So you're like, they take in account how much budget you have daily and then they put that automatically to bid for the high, to have the highest bid. But like once your budget is done, then they're not going to go higher. So they do that automatically. Now you don't have to do it manually, but mm. you choose to do that manually. It's just, you got to be there. Like you got to look at it like every, I don't know, hour or something like that to make sure that you're, you're the highest bidder. But, sounds, um, sounds like it's almost like a full-time job. It is <laughs> like, I, I'm telling you, it definitely is a full time you could get somebody to just do that and it, it, a marketing coordinator. Mm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's just one part of my job. Like I, I do so much. Uh, See, other this, stuff, this, so... this is why you're a guru, Victor, because <laughs> this stuff is actually complex. I remember you when, after a few months we looked at, uh, what you were just saying, what, what are the, the, 
searches in the search engine mm -hmm. that triggered my ad to be clicked or to show and be clicked and I we spent like what 15 minutes with me just like saying no 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 I can't believe it took 15 bucks for this thing like how to yeah. learn video in Coquitlam like the only thing it picked pinged off of was video in Coquitlam um like no and I had that person call me <laughs> yeah no I had that person's like oh you're the guy you're gonna teach me I'm like no I'm not <laughs> no I'm not <laughs> go to school spend a year yeah. spend money I'm not teaching it to you <laughs> um yeah you, you yeah. definitely don't want that uh spending the money like throwing away on a keyword so that's why you always have to be on top of it and it's important for like so any... let, let me ask you this real quick for someone that's starting out their own business and they're mm -hmm. starting kind of small um what would you recommend the best approach to be so like, let's say they don't have a budget to hire a SEO and marketing specialist. They want to do it on their own. What are some ways that they can do it? Because you mentioned some paid tools, but what, what, what would your like short uh, advice for someone that's starting out and wants to do the best marketing they can do by themselves? What would you recommend? So, yeah, I, I definitely recommend having a website. So mm -hmm. that you need the website but once you have like your website established for i would go for organic just take the time you could take even oh, i don't know maybe an hour per day and just doing some research on your competitors so this doesn't cost anything except for time mm -hmm. you look at competitors a lot of like these tools that i mentioned especially moz tool i know that i started before we ended up buying this tool. There was a 30 day free trial for it. Mm -hmm. In 30 days, you could get a lot of useful information that will set you up. At least it'll give you a good start on your SEO. Is this the tool that you said um, you were telling me about? You can search, you can see how searched a specific keyword is within a geographical area. So you can look exactly. up like, oh, yeah. live streaming was searched 3,000 times in Vancouver in the last month. Is that the tool? Right. Yeah. So what's it called? So a Moz tool, M-O-Z. M-O-Z tool. In yeah, one word? Tool, yeah. 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 Okay. I might try that 30-day trial because I, I was like, how are you hacking the internet? How are you telling me? Like, <laughs> live stream was more searched than live video production and live webcast. And, like, all of those were, like, 200 searches. Live stream is the big keyword to use that one. And I was like... That gave me so much peace of mind. That's so easy. I yeah. It's like cracking open Google and peeking inside to see how it works. That's amazing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, obviously the free trial doesn't give you like all of the capabilities as a paid, but it gives you a lot. And like, I think it gives you like the basics. Like, like you were saying, it would give you a certain keyword, how many monthly searches uh, it comes up across like on... Uh, Depending also on, on location um, that you you put, but I think it's great, and I, I think like even for thirty days to do a, a free trial. Like before, we were using tools. We were just kind of assessing what our website has, and just building like keywords that we think would rank high. So that's like really, I guess. 
uh, beginner beginner <laughs> type of uh to do that like when you're just starting out like i guess if that's what, but i guess it's more time and it's it's a lot more experimenting like uh, um um i'm trying to look up moss tool and i can't really find it i, I find no. i find a whole bunch of sketchy stuff because i was just trying to look up what the price is do you remember the price is it a monthly Ooh. subscription? Is it one? Yeah, thing? I think yeah for us, yeah. It's um Dorn, if you go on moz moz.com. Yeah. Or uh yeah, or moz if you okay. just do that. It's like the fourth one that shows up for me. Oh, your sure. search history is influencing it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of weird oh I see Mo at like... the bottom of the page Moz Pro. Yeah, Moz Pro. 149 per month. Okay. Ooh. That 30 day free trial. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's I think that's like half of my monthly Google budget. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I mean for a tool like that, like you don't need to use it like every month. Uh especially if you mm -hmm. have just one website. I think thirty days is enough. If you put the time each day into it, you could mm -hmm. get out of it, you know, in the in, in the free trial period. But Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, it, it definitely is important if you want to have like a, a strong online presence, you got to have SEO in, in your website. Like you can't just make a website and just like leave it like that. Um, so kind of a follow-up question um, to someone starting a business. Okay. So they do, the, they focus on organic and populating content on their website that matches uh, their keywords. Mm -hmm. um, would you say Google ads is the best place to start with, uh, advertising with paid advertising paid yes advertising. I, I i think because with google ads you can hit any demographic it doesn't matter everybody's on google right like mm -hmm. there's not like a specific demographic that uses google right there's a lot and uh, obviously if you're mm -hmm. going for 20 plus like the age demographic google is definitely it's yeah i think it's the main one and then if you want to do like dive into social media, then it is you go more specific. Like I, for Instagram, it's a much younger population. Um, and like demographic, I mean like a, a younger audience. So I think for that, if, if you were to cater to like the younger generation, they use Instagram more. That's how we found too. Uh, we go for like the older demographic and we tried some Instagram ads, but mm -hmm they didn't work as well as our Facebook ads just because the demographic that we're uh, approaching is much older that mm -hmm. not a lot of them use Instagram. Mm -hmm. But I think if you're also a business that's like selling services on Instagram, like kind of like have like that shop ability, like Instagram has that, you know, like you could uh, buy things on further from your ad on Instagram. Definitely it works that way. But um, I would say, for a social media, like for these videographers, um, Facebook would work and then LinkedIn as well. Cause LinkedIn is more of a professional platform. So that's, if you want to reach like businesses, business owners, you're gonna, uh, reach them through LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think if, if you were to pick one, just one platform, I would uh, say Google ads. Um, but you would uh, still recommend having content on Facebook and Instagram oh, yeah. for organic, oh, 100%. Right? 
and yeah, uh, searchability. Even on LinkedIn, like any organic, uh, like advertising, it doesn't hurt. So Instagram, uh, it's good to have internal. Uh, like uh, this is another point uh, related to uh, like SEO and all that like external uh, linking. So having external sites, whether it's from your social media or like different websites linking to your website. So you have a Facebook account, Instagram account, LinkedIn account, Twitter, I don't know, whatever else accounts you guys have. If you have it for your company to link to your website. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So can you tell us more about this organic mm-hmm. advertising? Like, mm-hmm. are you, because I've seen it a few different ways is where people kind of just post it all as if it's advertising copy and it just kind of like a billboard for yourself on these um, social media platforms. Or I've also seen um, people taking it more of a personal route where they share the behind the scenes, you know, how they're, creating what they're creating, you know, sharing more personal things instead of treating it like a storefront where it's like, here's my services that I'm offering, or here's my latest finished product. Call me now. Like it's all like hard Mm -hmm. sell. Um, So what do you think about those two different styles for these social media platforms? That's a good question. I mean, I know for like our company, we've dived into all those sets like especially with COVID happening, we took a step back from being like a salesy approach and being like, Oh, contact us for whatever experience, you know? So I think it's good to maybe to have a couple of posts. I mean, see, it depends like what industry you're in, but like kind of in the video industry, I think it doesn't hurt maybe to have at least one post a week. That's a bit more with like a call to action to be like, Oh, visit, my website or or contact me for whatever wedding video services. I think those posts work really well. At the same time, you don't want to be super aggressive with like salesy because people are just like, oh my gosh, like this guy's like trying to always sell me something, right? So you're kind of like that door to door salesman, but on, on social media. So you don't want to have that approach too because some people just get really fed up and they're like, Oh, I'm follow on like, you know, it's always salesy stuff. So, uh, I think to have like a blend, a a good blend and maybe have kind of also maybe just show an image or something of your work or uh, just Nate, cause I have been following what you've been posting recently on Instagram and posting all that, like Langley, like photos and that type of, uh, posts, like mostly it's just like about, Kind of like this, the artwork in, in the city of Langley, and it's not like really like a salesy approach. I think those type of posts are really good. And it also shows like the quality of like photos you're taking. But at the same time, it, it like, let me put it in a way, it sells it, it sells your service without like, like really you saying that you want to sell your service. You know what I'm trying to say? Like it just through that image, it just says like, oh, this guy like, takes really good photography let me look you they look on your profile they see a, a link to your website they go to your website like oh this guy actually does like you know like photography like wedding photography that 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 you know so, so like i think soft sell approach yeah soft sell exactly mm-hmm. soft sell approach 
works really well. And I think, like I said, you don't want to really always hard sell, but I think maybe you could do like a hard, I mean, it depends how frequently like you post on social media a week, but if you, you know, let's say if you post once a week, then I would say maybe once a month or maybe twice or like every second week you post uh, like a more salesy post and then uh, uh, the other weeks is more like a soft sell and then even do like a post that just it doesn't really like sell on anything just yeah just kind of more or it could be something about an experience that you've had or like something I don't know you've took a photo of something in the park maybe it's like an animal or something and maybe I don't know it's like a a funny story that happened or how you capture that or an experience. I think that uh, helps too uh, with certain clients. You're like, oh, you know, that's kind of, it grabs them too. Or like just like a mini story. But yeah, I think having a good balance, that's, that's key to having a good balance on social media with like your posts and like what you're advertising. Uh, if you go, were to go into like the paid advertising for social media like the like facebook or instagram then i would go for obviously a salesy approach and like a call to action like visit my website type of thing or contact me for the services that's the only uh time i would say like i would definitely do salesy approach so for the paid uh, ads but if you're just like organically just posting on uh, social i would say like a good balance would be great i have to say cool. the um the fact that you're focusing on where you're operating in Langley, mm-hmm. that really emphasizes you're the local guy there. You you own Langley. You're yeah. Like if people look up Langley photography, they'll see a bunch of your stuff and they'll mm-hmm. be like, okay, this is the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. And obviously, you're tag like that's important too. Tagging like you're tagging, uh, or like city of Langley and uh, something like that. Like basically through that tag you're basically getting more exposure because people that follow that uh, certain channel or account, that post comes up or that hashtag or that, uh, you know? So I think hashtags are important too. Mm -hmm. And then also tagging uh, also location because with now Instagram is just like, some people just follow certain hashtags or they search certain hashtags and certain accounts and if you uh, tag them like that's that's how a lot of uh, for our social media to be we do like certain ta- uh, hashtags and we tag certain like uh, partners uh depending on the experience or like the destination where we posted about mm-hmm. okay um another question i think don and i had was where does networking fit into all this? You know, it's a buzzword. Networking, you got to network. What does that mean? And what are what's the right way to do it? Maybe what's the wrong way to do it? Like in the old days, you would have like word of mouth. But yeah. I feel like marketing has, like word of mouth is just a small part of marketing. Marketing is such a huge beast that can, like you said, with the proper tools and proper time investment can yield results. So how, what's like from a business perspective, because I know I have my personal entrepreneur perspective, um, experience, but what's um, your business perspective? Does your business do networking? Yeah. So like 
networking can be in so many different like ways. I mean, mm. uh, it could be from like trade shows to just like events, uh, that like you meetings or like meetups with like other business owners. I think they're, they're important. And that face to face, cause you build a relationship with either other business owners that could be potential clients. And I think that's, that's, it's key. It's like kind of when you were applying for a job, you have that interview face to face and that matters a lot more than just sending your super star studded resume to them. And then seeing like they want to meet the face behind the company. So I think networking is really good in that sense because they get to meet the person that's there. And who knows, like I've just like through my experience in the marketing program, I've done a lot of networking events that we went with uh, people in the industry that have worked. And I've even like met this one guy, he was a uh, head of marketing at, I think it was UBC. And like, I just, hung out with him a bit and just like even told him like jokes and stuff like that and then after at the end of the, uh, the night or like the next day I messaged him I was like hey you know like it was good to meet you and possibly like you know after my school ends like if you know there's an opportunity like I'd love to to be in touch and like to connect and he's like yeah definitely he's like I like your joke I made like a joke and that like really stood out so I think having that and like that more of a personal uh approach to meeting client like potential clients and other business owners i think works great because like once you have to do like a networking event which uh, i kind of like to just to go back a bit once you have like a company that's a business that's established then i would start going to like a networking event you know you have a, a website up you like you have your logo and everything maybe business cards i know they're more old school but hey i think they're still useful especially at a networking event like you're not going to be like oh yeah let's exchange emails like put my number just give them a business card right mm -hmm. but i think those are really key and i think for somebody that wants to go to a networking event and see potential maybe clients there it's definitely to obviously get their information and kind of built a good first impression there and then follow up the next day just be like hey uh remember me or type of like that like i'm there I, you know i was really interested in in what you're offering a business and uh i see like potential of, of a f you know like a future business if you need any video uh like services i'd love to you know uh do a project for you and then who knows they're like oh yeah doran like that guy like, oh, I remember it was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. Like he presented himself really well. Like they got to know you a bit just through that uh, networking event, right? And they're like, yeah, you know what? I will reach out. I got, actually, I got a video uh, like that I won't really want to do right now to sell my like lawn, like lawnmower or I don't know, <laughs> product or whatever, you know? And, you know, I, I think it's, it's really good. Like networking and that they taught us in marketing, like networking events, if you can go to them, do go to them because you get to meet people and you never know when that connection there that you meet will help in the long run in uh you know in, in the obviously in the professional world and it could maybe not not as be in the short term but it could be in the long term and be like hey you know like you remember i went to heaven it's like oh yeah right so or they would reach out to you um you know they're like oh yeah i remember you were telling me that you're a videographer I'm actually interested in uh, recording like a video or something. So I think 
once you have an established business, definitely uh, try try to go to networking events. Not necessarily only in your industry, because you'll probably meet other or I guess like competition there too, uh, which is also good just kind of maybe to see what's going on, what's new in, in your industry and always be like up to date in your industry. But at the same time, see what your target audience is like. Uh, like I was saying, like for that small business, if you're looking to target small businesses, check like meetups or events that small business owners attend, like kind of like that and try to attend. I mean, I know some of them like that, the small business uh, BC, like I attended uh, for like a project I did at school. I think it was like $30 a ticket to get in, but uh, definitely like I met small business owners there and kind of saw what their needs are. Like people are pretty like honest. They're not just there to like only show off their business. Uh, and just like get uh, like uh, brand awareness, but it's also like to see, hey, maybe I have like a need, and maybe you're the the guy that can help uh, with, like assess that. So I definitely think networking, even in this era of like technology, I think that like face to face is really is really important. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, I can speak from my experience that. I think showing up in person and seeing the business owner face to face gains so much more trust than like searching online and finding it and like, mm, you know, uh, like you said, there's yeah. no, there's no personal touch there, but if, if, especially if you vibe with someone, you know, uh, right. you guys get along, you have shared experiences or something, you're both, you know, uh, family folk or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Hey, we're family <laughs> <laughs> like let, that's one talking point i've had in networking is like oh yeah you got kids oh how far apart oh the toddler phase uh, and you know it's it's common talking points that's like yeah i'm a business owner but i'm a i'm a person just like you um for me networking was kind of overwhelming at the beginning because it's like there's so many ways to do it and there's a lot of paid ones um some are more expensive some are less actually these mm -hmm. things behind me are like that's bbb uh, that's definitely the most expensive i've been uh with so far and it's like barely paid for itself in clients but mm -hmm. it as, as far as clients directly coming to me but it does offer that uh impression when they see the sticker on the car I'm hoping. Um, but the problem with networking now with is that COVID really threw that away. There's no more in person. Yeah. And the virtual ones are just like chaos. Um, probably the best networking I did was actually what you kind of mentioned earlier. Um, and it's, it's one over here, the BCPVA one, which is like British Columbia Professional Videographers Association. I joined those guys like three months in after starting my business because they were like affordable only like 200 bucks a, a year mm -hmm. and i thought it was absolutely insane for me to go and see other videographers and talk about what because i'm like meeting my competition like you said yeah, yeah but actually there's so much um demand for video on the market that when those guys get overwhelmed they would pass on work to the next person because 
you meet together, you talk together, mm-hmm. you share projects together, you help each other, and it's better than trusting right. a stranger off of Craigslist that might not be as good as he claims he is. So again, that personal like one-on-one, I can see you, I can see your work ethic. Mm-hmm. I've also had them like work with big projects, like a big company requires three camera operators for a multi-camera shoot. Guess what? Right. Doran's not going to man three cameras, I gotta subcontract two people. Um, so that's been the one that's been most profitable and most uh, helpful for me. Um, and then there's like Chamber of Commerce, which is local, but it's like, eh, there's there's already a guy established there, and I don't have any chances. Because <laughs> what he does is another interesting thing. There's a free form of networking that you can do, which is sponsoring events, especially nonprofit and community events. So let's say City of Langley's doing a First uh, of July. Um, you know, like, or a Canada Day festivity, you can contact them, Nate, and be like, I want to sponsor and do a video for you guys to promote this. And it'll be like a free thing, but they will plaster your logo on their material. Um, So because you know, like, okay, there's going to be like 2000 people that attend this thing throughout the day. That's 2,000 potential people that will view my uh, logo. If, like, 1% of them needs a video, that's, like, all right, 20 people that will contact mm-hmm. you, possibly tomorrow, possibly three months down the road. Hmm. And that's what this person's doing in uh, Chamber of Commerce uh, for Port Quitlam. They're just, like, giving everything free, and everyone knows him because of that, because he does mm-hmm. it for all the events. Um. And that, that that is interesting. I've had a few opportunities to do that, but I didn't take them because I'm pri- prioritizing work that's paid over free stuff right now, especially with pandemic going on. But it is something to think about. Um, and I do want to briefly mention this one called BNI. Okay. Um, Business Network International, I think it is. This thing is like cult level next level type of networking i your business might be interested in something like this victor um basically these guys meet very strictly like every whatever the time was uh that everyone has agreed upon but the one that i went to and it's local by city was wednesdays between like 7 a.m and 9 a.m for breakfast and you have to attend all of them if you miss like more than two, not in a row, just two, you're off and it's paid. It's mm-hmm. like a lot, almost as much as the BBB one. Um, but everyone there is unique in what they offer. So in, in the chambers of commerce, there's 20 realtors, 13 photographers, five videographers. In the BNI one, there's one photo guy, there's one video guy, there's one uh, construction guy, there's one pianist, there's one plumber. And the arrangement there is everyone agrees to reference jobs to everyone else, including outside the group. So if you're in a BNI and you're a marketing coordinator, and I'm in the BNI too as a video guy, and Nate comes to me and says, oh, do you know any marketing guys? Maybe I know five other ones, but I'm recommending you because you're in my BNI. Like, that's how the system works. And everyone, this is why I say it's a cult-like thing, because everyone remembers each other's motto or logo, you know? And they're, like, reciting them (laughs) together. (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) 
but that's how <laughs> tightly knit of a group they are, you know? Um, so it was a bit freaky, but a bit cool, but such a huge time commitment. Cause I was like, well, what if I have a, a $5,000 client on Wednesday subcontracted, or if you have an employee, get someone to do it. But if you have it, like you have to weigh like how much does the BNI give you, right? So like mm-hmm. it's one of those things like you have to do a year to see if it pays for itself for the days that you're skipping out on work, uh, if it's the Wednesday. Uh, but another thing that was really enforced that I didn't like was the fact that they enforced referrals and not just oh. cold leads. You need to give a hot lead. So it's not like, okay, I need to recommend somebody to Victor. I'll, 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 I'll give him Nate's phone number, but Nate's not interested, but here I give you a cold lead. Here's a number to a guy I know. They don't want that. They want you to be like, Hey Nate, do you want marketing for your website? And if he says yes, then that's a hot lead and I give it to you. And you're oh, supposed okay. to supply one each week. Wow. And one quality. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, uh, like if you have a lot of friends and family, you can maybe like cheese it, but so that's why I did not go for BNI, but I've always had this thought in the back of my head, like it makes sense why they're doing that because it's it's like the whole system relies mm-hmm. on complete dedication to this. It, it's like forcibly blocking out any other networking and focusing on the group that you have at hand. I don't know, just something uh, I think your company might be interested in looking into. BNI, look it up. It's both in the States and in Canada. It's like an international thing. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like, man, like we, we've, this is our longest podcast yet. It's like an hour and 20 minutes almost, but I think there's so much good stuff here. Like I've definitely had a lot of fun and it's been really captivating for me. Um, dude, you're a guru. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're a marketing guru. We we should well uh, next time you're on the podcast I'll put that as your title. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, a lot of uh, responsibility then with that title. Yeah, but also, well, if there's you, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say when you know when your uh, entrepreneurial uh, own business takes off, you can call yourself whatever you want. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> Supreme <laughs> President <laughs> Guru. I did see like people on LinkedIn. <clears throat> they have like interesting like titles like they're not employed or something and they're like oh whatever uh helping businesses better optimize or grow growing businesses blah blah yeah like a long title but it's like <clears throat> something more creative i was like oh wow that's that's cool <laughs> but uh also i mean if there's still a bit of time i want to touch on two more things before sure. i mean yeah so one it has a lot to do with like video so it's video ads uh that i wanted to touch on just kind of to say how important those are to like advertising if you're advertising either on google facebook or instagram video ads are huge huge (laughs) (laughs) like uh we've we've seen just from the campaigns that we've run especially on facebook that video received a lot more engagement mm. and a lot more like clicks than just posting an image and doing an ad that way. So I think it's important to, to have uh, like video ads if you have the capability 
of running a video uh, ad, you have that content, then I strongly recommend that you would do a like an ad campaign that revolves around a video. I'm going and to like assume that I'm going to assume the video is also more expensive than just your regular Google search <laughs> ad. Yeah, it's well at the same time. Yeah, because it's uh, it's it's like a different, but also you you run the campaign based on keywords that you want to rank for, for that video campaign, but also like the conversions it's uh, based off of like the impressions and views. So wait a minute, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, mm-hmm. like for example, when I'm watching a YouTube video and I didn't search for the thing, but I see the ad that's because, you know, Google and big tech tracks you and gives you stuff based on, uh what they've seen you purchase or search in the past right so let's say this this google uh or sorry this video ads work that way instead of uh google search for a keyword it'll instead target people that have had search for that in the past that's how video ads work right yeah hold on a sec so you're talking about YouTube, like that's there's so like, like YouTube ads. Like, so like are the, you talking about yeah. like a video you're watching on YouTube and then the, the ad pops up or? Yeah. Is that video ads you're talking about? No, that's like YouTube ads. Well, yeah, but, but like, no, it's I'm owned like, by Google, like Google right? ads, but like a video Google ad like campaign. So where, where does that play? So you would do it in Google. I was like, basically how you would set up just a normal campaign based off uh, like keywords and like your like conversions are based like on i don't know like contacting you or something like that the video ad you can align that to target your video if you like upload it on youtube it would track like in google so if somebody obviously that ad would be shown on google like in the top like on the front page but it would connect to your either your <clears throat> youtube channel or if you have the video like embedded in your website, it would uh, go there. But it's not like it's not like the okay. YouTube ad where you're watching a YouTube video and that comes in. That's like a whole different. Like you could do that too, like YouTube okay. advertising. So if uh, like a corporate CEO is searching for videographer, they didn't pick one yet, but that's in their search history. And the next day they're playing Candy Crush and they want to get an extra life, so they watch an ad will my ad show up then based on his interests? Well, it depends because it, it depends what you put the target in your Google, like for that campaign, for the video. Cause it's, it's kind of, it has the same elements as a regular Google ads campaign. Yeah. Except like, let's say, I don't know, you're doing a wedding in Vancouver whatever you have that as a keyword like vancouver wedding when somebody searches vancouver wedding in google that video will pop up in the search results like either it'll be on your youtube channel if that's what you're linking it to that's your call to action like the the video on your youtube channel or if the video is on your website like embedded then you have that link so that link the preview of the video is going to be up here I still don't understand where, because if I go on Google right now and I search uh, wedding videographer, videos don't pop up. So I'm asking, where do those videos pop up? They should pop up in the search results. If somebody's doing a video campaign, like in the search results. Okay. 
Like I see, but also, I see yeah, it also ads, and then I see Google Maps, and then I see the normal websites. If I just well, do also, a search on Google. Yeah, but at, at the same time, it also depends, because if you're doing a display ad, that would be what I think you were telling me about, oh, what you were asking about. If somebody's like on a different website, it would appear like on, on that website, like, you know, like a small. Okay. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but also for Facebook, like the Facebook video, ads i think those are like really good too to have on uh oh okay right those are video ads too that show up like on the side of a website yeah okay exactly All right. yeah i forgot about those so this ads. yeah hmm. so i think those are are good to have and especially <clears throat> even like on instagram you, you probably noticed like if you go on like a certain website off your phone like let's say like sport check maybe in like instagram you're scrolling through your feed and you see like a sport check ad on your phone like that's how it goes even with uh like the google ad the video ads if you're on uh, another website you'll have it there appear like on the right if it's like a display ad that you're doing for mm -hmm. like the video but um yeah i think that is a great way to also like increase engagement like on just like on the video like if you're social media but also like chocolate theory was like video is so captivating. And we saw that posting a video ad brings more engage, like on social media brings in more like engagement and more clicks than just like a regular image. Even if it's like a fantastic image, video has uh, shown us that it gives us better results. So I think it's, it's something that if you have the capability to have like a video ad, like definitely do. Would you consider doing a video ad for your business when you start up? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think so. Especially even if it's like a reel, you know, I think those are good too, because mm -hmm. it also gives a sense of what you're about, what the work you've done. If you have your branding in the video and do it like that, like kind of like a make it so it relates to your brand. I think it's, it's, it's good like that the having that as a promotion it's like a, a like a, a real basically you're you have like a mini commercial type of thing you know like of your of your business so i think that's really good and yeah that's something that i would look at when i'm like establishing my website and then when i get to the point to do like ads uh i would definitely consider doing a video ad mm. i'll have to look into that because I'm, I'm thinking that might be the next step for me but I have to get like someone to do behind the scenes for me, like film me in action. <laughs> That's Maybe hard to do. Really doing project store. <laughs> I mean, a hundred percent support that, Nate. We'll, we'll check. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. And what was the and other you, thing you wanted to? Oh, and I think to touch that because we talked a lot about like trust and like all that with like your clients and hmm. a potential like clients and users. Another great way to do that, and we've, uh, like our company has, has delved in this, are reviews. Um, like Google reviews, Facebook reviews, also, especially with Google reviews, if you get a lot of Google reviews and your rating's good, that really helps with your ranking on Google as well. So if your website is ranked well on Google, I mean, is uh, reviewed well on Google, and you get a lot of reviews, it really helps with uh, your, uh, ranking and it 
establishes that trust again with with like clients potential clients and other users they see that mm. wow uh you know your website is like five out of five stars all the reviews are like really positive or majority of them are really positive like the services you provided people give like a kind of detail of like oh like you helped me film this great video of like our wedding or you helped capture our special moment that stuff that thing a lot of uh, people and we've seen that that it really goes really well and people see like oh yeah like oh okay this guy knows what he's doing he's given a lot of like quality like other people have been raving about him like you know i think it's definitely worth hitting him up and seeing uh if there's potential like uh, business there it looks like someone else is doing a sales pitch for you <laughs> yeah. yeah pretty much i mean <laughs> it definitely helps i mean i always there could be like a negative side to that with like somebody leaving a negative review and there's mm. trolls too that uh or you know competitors that just leave you a negative review but at the same time it, it could really help build that trust between a, you and i have one person that said amazing work and it gave me a four star for some reason and brought my average down from five to four point eight, and I'm like, "Why would you do that?" <laughs> I know like, I what does amazing point. mean for you? <laughs> it's like it was amazing, but it wasn't blow my mind. Amazing. We had different levels. Like, well, it was, was it was for a funeral, so maybe it's like, I don't know. <laughs> you weren't dressed yeah. somber enough or something. <laughs> yeah, I actually had. Uh, I had a client. You didn't that, smile at me at the end. <laughs> yeah, I didn't crack enough jokes at the funeral, man. I actually had a client that has uh, multiple businesses that they're running, including uh, like a Brown Social House. Um, oh, okay. And they said something interesting. Have you guys heard of this one? Besides getting those reviews, replying to the reviews apparently increases your organic search by a ton. Mm-hmm. And they didn't explain why they just yeah. said oh yeah i had 150 reviews and my marketing guy told me start replying to him he did and then his like traffic grew i don't know about how yeah. much but he said it grew a lot i'm like okay no definitely and also another thing is basically replying to comments on your posts social media posts that's key like mm-hmm. if somebody leaves i mean there's all obviously it could be like a bot and just says oh nice you know that type <laughs> of thing but if it's something that's a bit more like maybe that's like a sentence and stuff do reply don't just like mm-hmm. leave it like that because the engagement helps a lot and to see like users see that you're engaged with your audience that helps a lot because that's like oh okay they actually care to respond to that person's comment or that person's review they're really interested in that user experience or providing great service to that person or even if it's like somebody leaves a negative review, but you're addressing that mm. issue or that review and you're being like, oh, you know, like, sorry, uh, we're, please contact me and then we can work, you know, mm. something out or whatever. That that person sees like, oh, okay, they're willing to do that. They're willing to, to you know, make amends or help, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So I think that's that's really important to, to have that mm. uh, as well. Yeah, I've seen I've seen companies do that uh, kind of damage control and like they acknowledge like oops a misunderstanding we'll fix it for you. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And it's probably one of those things we can just keep on going, but I think that's enough for tonight. <laughs> How are you guys yeah. feeling? We'll, we'll have you yeah. again, Victor. We'll have you again. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll talk I mean, about more stuff. Marketing is so much. And if you really want to go into detail and stuff, it spends a lot of time, but mm. just kind of touching up on like the main things. And I guess what you guys are mostly interested in, I think that does it's some justice. Okay. yeah for sure and like i said a lot of stuff that you've said we've like practically done for my uh stuff and actually i'll just quickly outline this since i started the google ads with you i have not had to go out and look for work work has come to me like i'm getting phone calls contacts through my website uh text messages um and that's so much easier oh yeah <laughs> that frees up so much time that's... and um it also brought in my ideal budget minded uh, um clients you know the corporate corporate stuff the people i because i know i i've grown up with a different mentality of like oh ads are stupid they're bad ad block i don't want to click ads on because i'm not a consumer of whatever right but as a business now it's so different i value ads so much and i, I used to think who would click on an ad and now it clicks in for me like the fact that you put an ad is because you're a professional and you spend money to show that so a professional yeah. is going to click on an ad now it's just like oh <laughs> ads work okay i'm a believer now <laughs> it's, it's very relevant to what you're looking for yeah <laughs> no, that's video true. you're not gonna care about mm -hmm. uh you know flowers mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah but but if it is what i'm interested in um i'll click it besides what i would have clicked normally for the organic stuff and i have like a different perspective of it now mm -hmm. and i can actually tell who's bought the ad and they're doing it because they just started their business and their website doesn't back up the ad. Like it doesn't look as professional. Um, so there is that double edge type of uh, sword type of thing going on there. Um, but yeah, I, I, this whole discussion has just got me more excited for ads. I can't wait to look at my analytics tomorrow. I haven't looked in two weeks. Oof. You said daily? <laughs> oh man. You got it. Yeah, it's like, well, at least like once a week, you should. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm really small, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast, Victor. Thank yeah, dude. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, I, uh, I think, sorry, Darren, go ahead. Yeah, I think that's a wrap for today's podcast. Well, thank you very much for watching. Uh, leave a comment uh, on what topics you would like us to discuss. Um Tell us suggestions on marketing if you have any. Um, we'd love to hear them because um, it is an infinitely complex subject, obviously. It's not as simple as I thought it was. Um, yeah, and be sure to reach out and give us your feedback. Yeah, and also be sure to subscribe to not miss an episode of the Nate and Doran podcast featuring Victor this week. And uh, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever you, you use to listen to podcasts. Uh, this has been Nate, Doran, and Victor. Uh, thanks for watching and listening.